Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, we have got a lot to talk about on today's show. The Islanders Friday advancing to the next round of the playoffs, the round of 16 with a 5-1 win over the Florida Panthers. Next up, the Washington Capitals, and certainly for Barry Trotz, that's the team he won a Stanley Cup with just two years ago. This will be an emotional series for Barry Trotz and a challenging series for the New York Islanders. We'll start to think about it, give you some preliminary thoughts about what to expect, and we'll have a full recap of both Game 4 and the Florida Panthers series as the Islanders win playoff series in back-to-back years for the first time since the 1980s. We've got plenty to talk about. We'll also have our Islanders' birthday of the day. If there's something that's on your mind that's Islanders-related, feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air as we discuss whatever it is that you have on your mind. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes concerning the New York Islanders. All right, let's get started with a... Great performance by the Islanders in Game 4, where they put away the Florida Panthers with a 5-1 to victory. And realistically, the big story, the B&B boys, Bavillier and Barzal, each of them having very strong games overall. Barzal, a goal and an assist, a plus 2. Bavillier, two goals, a plus two, and these are, you know, we talked with regard to in the playoffs, if you're going to be successful, you need your best players to be your best players, well, in game four, especially for the Islanders, that's exactly what happened. We talked about Barzal and Bavillier and what they were able to do. And, you know, Barzi in particular seemed very tentative over the first three games. 
did not seem to have his confidence back, wasn't really uh, at his peak performance level that you would expect from him. But boy, did he wake up in Game 4. His skating was faster. He was crisp. He was creating plays. Five shots on goal. Even blocked two shots. Led all Islanders forwards with 21 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time. Bavillier, the two goals, both of them in the first period, also on five shots. Add three hits and a block shot to the mix, and you understand why he had an outstanding game, and boy, did the Islanders need to score first in game four. And when Bavillier comes through and delivers that for the Islanders, uh, midway through the first period, and then has them up 2 nothing. Uh, just three and a half minutes later, that's when you realize that uh, this was going to be a better game. Now, another good performance, no question about it, Simeon Varlamov. Varlamov with 24 saves and 25 shots. The only goal he allowed, a late first period tally, by Mike Hoffman on the power play. But after that, the Islanders more or less shut the door. Brock Nelson with a power play goal. Barzi gets his first goal of the series in the third period. And then to close it all out into the empty net, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, his third goal in four games in this series. And an assist to Leo Kamarov, who... Healthy again, inserted into the lineup in place of Tom Cunackle. And let's face it, again, I'm going to go back to Barry Trotz and what Barry Trotz's decision-making means for this team. Cunackle was a surprise insertion into the lineup in Game 1. Came up with some good plays, that perfect pass that Matt Martin, that drop pass that Martin turned into a big, important goal that helped the Islanders win Game 2. That was uh, a thing to behold. But Trotz realizing that Kamarov is, you know, itching to go, healthy, ready to play. He is higher on the depth chart than Cunackle. He thought he would be a better fit. You insert Leo into the lineup, and voila, in addition to getting that good performance from uh, Kunakel earlier in the series, Kamarov, again, the assist, a plus one, three shots on goal, five hits, uh, which was second on the team behind Matt Martin with six, and you get 13 minutes plus of ice time from him. Two helpers for Josh Bailey, again, Bailey doing those subtle little things that make a difference. Bailey also a plus two, even though he only had one shot on goal and did not figure in the scoring. But so many Islanders really contributing in so many different ways, and that is the beautiful thing that we're seeing on the ice. Andy Green, again in the lineup, no boy Chuck yet. Now he has a little bit more time to rest, but Andy Green leading all Islanders defensemen in ice time in Game 4 with 20 minutes, 34 seconds. And I'd be, you know, got to mention Scott Mayfield, because Mayfield had a very strong series, and again, Game 4, no exception. Mayfield, a plus 3 
in Game 4. That was tops among all Islanders players. He also had two shots on goal and two block shots. And you want to talk about sacrificing your body and block shots? Devontae's had five block shots. Ryan Pulak, six block shots. Green and Nick Letty with three each. And Mayfield had a pair. I mean, overall, this was a solid team performance. There were no passengers, and the Islanders got the job done. Their best game of the series, Game 4. By far, Game 1, I think, would have been the second most complete game. But this was the only game that really didn't end up being all that close. 5-1, to one, the final. The Islanders, as we predicted here on this show, take the series in four games and advance to the next round of the NHL playoffs, where they will face the Washington Capitals. We'll talk a little bit about that Capitals matchup, some of the things the Islanders will need to do to be successful, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And if you want your car to keep running successfully, you've got to check out rockauto.com. Look, chain stores, they have different prices for professional mechanics and for do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always charges the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. There is no membership required, no account login. Just enjoy an easy-to-maneuver-and-navigate website that is part of a family business that has been helping auto customers online for 20 years. You can check out all the manufacturers' parts that are available for your car, and it's amazing because you can pick the price, the quality, and the brand that you want. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that are available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, welcome back. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it's a happy 64th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Mike McEwen. And I'll tell you, McEwen was on three of the four Stanley Cup-winning teams for the Islanders during the dynasty years, came over midway through or really toward the end of the 1980-81 season in a trade with the old Colorado Rockies, originally a a third-round pick of the Rangers back in 1976, Uh, and really, you know, an underrated player because here was a guy who really could put up some solid offensive numbers and indeed did do that for the Islanders. And, you know, his best season with the Isles, 1981-82, 10 goals, 49 points in 73 games. And when you consider Stefan Pearson and Dennis Potvan were ahead of him on the depth chart, as far as offensive-minded defensemen are concerned, you understand he still put up some pretty impressive numbers. And in the playoffs in 1981, underrated in 17 playoff games in 1980-81, McEwen had six goals and 14 points in 17 games. That is 
a great performance the following year in 15 playoff games, three goals and 10 points. So McEwen really a part of those Islanders dynasty teams that because of the way the depth chart worked, kind of got overlooked. But here is a guy who really did contribute a lot to the Islanders' overall success. We're going to go back and look at a game that he starred in and, and did very well with. December 17th, 1981, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum Islanders with Roley the goalie, Roland Melanson in between the pipes. Going up against the Washington Capitals, their goaltender that night, Dave Paro, as these two then Patrick division rivals met. So this is a good way to sort of preview the upcoming series with the Caps. Islanders got on the board first, just two minutes and 27 seconds into the game. Dennis Potvan poked home his seventh goal of the year, unassisted, 1-0 in favor of the Islanders. Then with Paul McKinnon off in the box for hooking, Brian Trottier scores a power play goal for the Isles, his 13th from Bossy and Mike McEwen at 16:47, And at the end of one period, it was 2-0 in favor of the Islanders. The Capitals had two power play chances in the second period. The Islanders had one, but neither team was able to score, but... In the third period, Brian Trottier strikes again. His 14th, Kenny Morrow and Clark Gillies with the helpers at 813. 3-0 Islanders. Mike Gartner got one back for the Capitals at 934. His 10th, Terry Murray, the future NHL coach, uh, got the lone assist. But then Mike McEwen scores a goal, his third of the season. Trottier and Mike Bossy with the helpers at 1329. Final score, Islanders 4, Capitals 1 in this game uh, to celebrate Mike McEwen's birthday. Q with a goal and an assist in this one. And he was a plus 1, had 3 shots on goal. Trottier leading all Islander players with 5. Dennis Potvin right behind him with 4 shots on goal. Other multiple point games, Trottier 2 goals and an assist. And... A two-assist performance by Mike Bossy in this one. Gord Lane leading all Islanders with three, a plus three, and 30 saves for Roland Melanson. Roley the goalie with a strong performance. Islanders out shooting Washington in this one by a margin of 35 to 31. They beat the Capitals with a strong performance by today's Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 64th to Mike McEwen, as we remember him by looking back at a Big Islanders win over the Washington Capitals. We have got a lot more to discuss. We're going to start looking ahead to that Capitals series, talk about some of the things the Islanders need to do to be successful, and we will continue to preview the series all week as we lead up to the opening faceoff of the next round of the playoffs should be a great challenge for the Islanders. All right, welcome back. You know, a lot of things need to happen for the Islanders to beat the Washington Capitals. And it is going to be a challenge for the Isles. You look at the standings, uh, Washington 10 points above the Islanders. Their record during the regular season, 41-20-8, good for 90 points. 
They did play one more game than the Islanders, but the Islanders were 35, 23, and 10. Look, they still have Alexander Ovechkin, the grade eight, 48 goals in 68 games this season. John Carlson was the team's leading point getter. He had 75 points, including 60 assists, 24 of those assists, by the way, coming on the power play. And then you look at the scorers, Jakob Verana, 25 goals, TJ Oshie, 26 goals, Tom Wilson with 21 goals, and I know Islander fans really have a, a great affection for him. Uh, you've got talented guys like Evgeny Kuznetsov, who had 19 goals, 52 points, Nicholas Backstrom. Not quite the player he was a few years ago, but still deadly on the power play. 18 power play points and 42 assists in 61 games. You look at the goaltending, Braden Holtby is the man right now. He didn't have the greatest season, a 3-1-1 goals against average and 898 save percentage, but he is going to be the man. You look at the overall team statistics, and again, Washington, exceptionally dangerous offensively. Remember, Florida was sixth in the league. The Islanders now facing the Washington Capitals. They are third in the NHL during the regular season in goals scored. The power play only 17th, which is a little bit below the middle of the road. That is something that hopefully won't hurt the Islanders too much. And Look, we talked about it throughout the series, game one, uh, uh, rather all the games in that series against Florida. The Islanders' penalty kill was not as consistent as it needs to be. Even in game four, which was the Islanders' best game, they gave up a power play goal, and Florida's power play was way too successful. If the Islanders allow the Capitals the same amount of room and the same amount of time and the same kind of chances that the Panthers had, they are in trouble against a better team like Washington. Defensively, the Capitals are right in the middle of the league, 15th, but their penalty kill was 6th in the league, 82.6%. And, you know, again, there is going to be the added feature of both Barry Trotz getting ready to coach against his former team and a lot of players on this Capitals roster who played for Trotz and who are, you know, would love nothing more than to knock their former coach out of this year's playoff chase. Here's some of the things that Trotz had to say about meeting the Washington Capitals in the next round. That group, he said, has a lot of pedigree. They've got a lot of big star power, and they've won a championship. They're well-equipped in a lot of areas. So the biggest challenge is to play them even and play them hard, and they'll do the same because I know a lot about that team. By the way, it is expected that the series will open up on Tuesday, and as soon as the schedule is released officially, we will let you know. Uh, follow us on Twitter, and we will update you on that. But for the New York Islanders, 
the Washington Capitals will be a much bigger challenge than the Florida Panthers ever were. And that's going to be, again, a matchup that has a lot of intrigue and a lot of interesting things. I want to see how the Islanders match up and try to cover Ovechkin and company. Uh, do they put Sezikis's line out there primarily? Obviously, these two teams also have a lot of history. Uh, you talk about some great all-time matchups. We mentioned 1985, the only time a team down 2-0 in a best-of-five series won the series, the Islanders, who beat the Washington Capitals. Two years later, obviously, the Easter epic was a significant game that everyone who ever saw it will remember, and that Easter epic certainly one of the greatest games in Islanders history. The Islanders winning it at, what, almost 2 o'clock in the morning that day. Of course, you can go to 1993 when Dale Hunter had his hit on Pierre Turgeon that was one of the cheapest shots I've ever seen. And then you can go back to 2015, a seven-game series that saw the home team winning all the games, and that was, at the time at least, uh, going to be the Islanders' last game at the Nassau Coliseum. They lost that series in seven, and uh, this is the first time, by the way, that these two teams have met in the playoffs since that series. Now, this year, so far, the, the two teams played four times, and they split all four. The first game... Back on October 4th, Capitals with a 2-1 win on goals by TJ Oshie and Jakob Verana. Islanders came back on New Year's Eve as the, uh, they edged the Capitals by a score of 4-3 as uh, Braden Holtby allowed four goals on only 18 shots that even that season series at one. January 18th, as the Islanders were starting to cool off, the Capitals had a big comeback. Five unanswered goals in the third period. Islanders blew a 4-1 to lead and a hat trick in that one for Alexander Ovechkin. Then on February 10th, the Islanders beat the Capitals 5-3. to as they got five goals off goaltender Ilya Samsonov, and he allowed those five goals in the first two periods. But Samsonov obviously out and injured, so Holtby will be the man for Washington throughout these playoffs, and the Islanders will have to defeat Holtby if they hope to get past the Capitals. So, right now, these two teams all even in their four matchups this season, but the one that really matters is the one that's coming up now as the Islanders staying in Toronto, ready to take on the Washington Capitals in the next round of the playoffs. And keep in mind, if the Islanders can win this round, they will match where they were a year ago when they won the first round of the playoffs 
by beating Pittsburgh before losing to the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round. So winning this round would get the Islanders right back to where they finished a year ago. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow with more great Islanders coverage. And, of course, let's go Islanders.